Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from an abusive pastor's perspective. My name is, jo- I mean, from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I am the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. So um, we're sitting around mm-hmm. talking about pastors. We're talking about churches. That's right. You know, having a good time. We talk about this stuff all the time. And we start to make our way into this, oh, this idea of of bad pastors. Oh yeah, and by uh, bad pastors, I mean there's all kinds of bad pastors. Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah, the yeah. pastors that are just, you know, they're not, they're not, they haven't figured it out yet, and that's yeah. a lot of us, especially when we start out, right? It's most of us. Yeah, yeah. I think it's they're okay. Not, they're you, not get, great. you have a lot more grace for that individual that's, yeah. that's uh, coming into their own. And it may not be that they're bad in a moral sense. They're just not yeah, exactly. effective or efficient. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of us. That's why we need to be mentored. Yeah, yeah. It's really yep, good for exactly. you guys. Very Start important. as an associate, be under somebody that's really good and can, can mentor you along the oh, way. Oh, you mean, no, I already know it better, Joe. I could just yeah, that's that's the I'm kind of, just gonna go ahead one. and uh, start, start my, my own. Plan. Yeah, yeah. Come with me, everybody. Yeah, this terrible church. Come with me if you want to live. That's your mentality, right? It's Terminator. Yeah. Come with me if you want to live. Yeah, but he's more likable. He's more likable. That he's more likable than the he's bad pastors. Like- <laughs> yeah, especially in that in that. <laughs> Arnold in the first Terminator is more likable than a lot of the bad pastors. <laughs> he's just trying to kill Sarah Connor or every Sarah Connor. Um, you can you can respect his drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and his flow. He's got he's got he's got a good look. He's got um, I like I like I like that robot. He was pretty good. All right, so what we want to do is we actually want to talk about toxic leadership and um and and bad pastors mm-hmm. and the marks that you should be on the lookout for, especially if you're looking for a church or if you're yeah. uncomfortable in a particular church. But before we get into that, we want to encourage you guys, we still have a few more copies left of Gerhard Voss's Biblical Theology. Mm, at this, this point, only four. That's We've right. only got four left. That's right. Today and tomorrow, and that's then they're it. all gone. So we had 10 from Banner of Truth. We're giving these away. These are hardcover copies of a classic on biblical theology. Maybe yeah. consider the classic on biblical theology. You want this book. You need this book. Mm. Even if you're not going to read it, it just makes Pretend you look like you look smart because you keep it on your desk. You don't put it on your shelf. Put it on your desk. Oh, put a bookmark bit. in the middle. Yeah, look, and, look how they reference. And, 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 <laughs> just put some post-it notes in there randomly. And people are like, dang, that guy's chewing it up. That's good stuff. <laughs> you guys want to get this. So um, hit our show notes. Uh, you got two more days to enter. Mm. Share this information about our conference on social media. But you got to do it the way that we tell you to do it if you want to be entered. So mm. copy and paste. Use the image. And uh, we're going to give away four more copies of this. We really want you to give into it, get into this. Perfect. So, Joe, how, how many marks are we looking at of abusive leadership? Well, I had nine, but then I felt bad because, like, we like nine marks ministries, and I didn't want there to be nine marks. So, um, we have ten. And before we get into that, let's just let's be really clear. We love the church, mm-hmm. right? We love local churches. We love the Church Universal, and we love our church. But some churches are poisonous, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Some some churches just have this. Uh, toxic culture uh, within it, this this leadership culture, or uh, I, I think the word we've been using here is uh, just an abusive culture, mm-hmm. uh, where there's kind of this control or domineering uh, presence right. um, over the the congregants, right? And so these are um, these are leaders who are not shepherds of the flock, right? They um, they instead they are abusing God's children. And we think it needs to be addressed um, clearly, uh, you know, from inside these local churches and sometimes from outside yeah. when nothing is being done. Now, um, in saying that there are 10 marks, there are more, right? And you could split these up and, and have, a, have a bunch. So we definitely want to hear from you. But these are 10 that we believe are generally true of abusive leadership. Mm-hmm. 
abusive pastors. Now, and also let me just say that um, we looked at a number of different articles on this subject, right? From churchleaders.com and ministry best practices and nine marks, even one from charisma. Um, <laughs> so, and we'll link to some of those so you guys can see what we're looking at, but they, there's a lot of overlap to what they would say. And there's some that we're, we've added mm-hmm. that weren't in there. So um, Jimmy, when we're looking at the top 10, right? The, these are our top 10 yeah. yep. marks top of 10. abusive pastors, abusive leadership. What and these are not in order of no, significance. No, no. What's number one? Number one uh, is they're they're unaccountable, mm. right? There's no recourse for members uh, when they see issues or have disagreements or just right. see trouble on the horizon, right? So, so how do they? I mean, how would they? How would they pull that off? How is there no recourse? Well, they they barricade themselves from members through a uh, a team of fanboys and insiders. Okay, so yeah, definitely they 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 do that. But let's say that they have a problem with the fanboys and the insiders of this this executive pastoral team or whatever that's protecting the the anointed one or ones. What? Why can't they just go to the congregation? I mean, how 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 do these abusive leaders control the church in that way? How how do they prohibit the people from holding them accountable? By making sure there's no process for that accountability. <laughs> there ain't no voting. There's no voting. There's no public anything. Because they're, they're only members in the spiritual sense, Joe. Yeah, they can't be real members uh, of it in, in any <laughs> like true sense in which their partners buy mm. in. Yeah, so a lack of accountability. This is a real concern for us. Now, again, we understand that there are times when churches are abusive. We'll do an episode on yeah, abusive we're do, yeah, churches. Exactly. But in terms of abusive leadership, they're unaccountable. They need to be accountable. And there are ways to hold them accountable. Your church should have processes in place that are yeah. clear in the Constitution so that the people can address their concerns to there the be, yeah, there church leadership be, and to the church body. There should be some lines of communication. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, number two is uh, a lack of transparency. So they're unaccountable and they are not transparent. Mm. And what we mean by that is uh, a few things. One, they refuse to communicate their plans. Everything is a secret. Everything is hush-hush. Yeah, keep everyone else in the dark. Because, and listen, here's the line of thinking behind that. If we if we show our hand too early, they're going to try and shut it down in some way. Yeah, They'll try and create opposition, even though we don't have a formal process for us for them to hold us accountable, but they can make it awkward or difficult for us. So we're going to keep it all hush-hush and then just boom, do it at the last minute. Yeah, it's really deceitful, right? Like it's a really deceitful, pro- uh, well, the really deceitful lack of process uh, to ensure that we're just going to keep everybody uh, uh, in the dark so that they cannot, they can never refuse my, my plan because right. I've got the mantle. That's, the that's Lord right. has, has, you know, he, he speaks to me mm-hmm. and then I will let you know what he says. Right. And, and we see this in churches, right? Like even, even some of the more charismatic churches will say things like you, you don't need the Bible. You've got me. You've got me. I'm the prophet. And oh, so gosh. you listen to what I have gosh. to say. Uh, this is kind of Catholic too, at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah, Roman yeah, Catholic yeah. kind of a. Vibe. I've been in both. <laughs> you just go from one one weird group to another, and now you're a redeemer. <laughs> like, it's yeah, just exactly. another one. Um, and so they they lack transparency by refusing to communicate plans, but then they also refuse to disclose things like monies that are spent, salaries. Um, they refuse to disclose this stuff. They deny access to information uh, to the congregation. How is that legal? Like, and, and I mean that. Like I, that, that to me is a is a is a legitimate question. I I don't know how it's legal. How could a five hundred one c three not disclose? I know one my- way is that they, they don't have actual members. They don't have legal members. This is what they did at Mars Hill. They don't have legal members. They had spiritual membership. The only members were the officers. All right. Yeah. And so then they know what's going on, but nobody mm-hmm. else does. So it's, listen, if you're in a church where the, the elders are not communicating, maybe it's just 
a bad practice. They don't, they don't, they haven't been communicating well. They didn't know it was important. So talk to them about it. But if they refuse to disclose money spent, if they're refusing access of information to the congregation, Mm -hmm. this is a danger sign. I would be very uncomfortable in a, in a leadership team that was, that had no accountability and lacked transparency. And I, and I think what we're not saying here is we're not saying that because I give, I'm, I deserve, uh, I'm trying to think of the, I be, I give so that I've got a place of authority here, right? right? Like some people have that attitude and that's not what we're talking about here. What we are talking about though, is uh, that there is a responsibility. There is a, a call upon the leadership and upon uh, the officers of the church to uh, what's the word I'm looking for to handle the finances in a God honoring way. Yeah. And if you're refusing to show that, why? 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 why what uh, maybe are you that's, of? maybe everything's fine. Praise God. Okay, I mean, but that's so, so so fine. But why? But why? Uh, so you know, at, at Redeemer, we disclose everything. Everything's out there. Open it up for questions, um, and uh, and we get good input, right? Uh, oh yeah. But there 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 isn't any controversy. No. Uh, because and we haven't always communicated well. There were there was a time when uh, in a couple of situations early on where we didn't communicate what we were thinking, what we were needing, and what we had to do. So when we finally dropped it on them, people were like, "What the heck? Yeah, what's you, going on here? Why didn't you talk to us about this?" And ultimately, everything is fine. But people were really upset because mm-hmm. it was a big decision that we had to make, and we learned from that. We got to be more transparent, mm-hmm. uh, and with our people, you got to intend to communicate. Yeah, and I mean, part of that then is we cannot deny access of information to the congregation, right? Like that's, that's why we got to be transparent in all this. Yeah. What about number three? Number three. Well, uh, I'm going to go number three, arrogant, elitist, yeah. or some people would call the Joe. No, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Listen, it's, you're not arrogant if you're right. Okay. So it's, you're just, it's just, it's just, you're just right. Oh, is that it? Yeah, you're that's, just what right? I, that's what it is. Yeah. I'm not elitist if I'm the only one. Uh, so, uh, this is, this is just doesn't make any sense. I'm I don't just know what you're solo up here. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the the individual uh, a mark of abusive leadership is is to be arrogant, proud, they, they yeah, really defensive of critic like criticism. Oh, yeah. They're uh, dismissive of of other people's input. Right. Um, they try to keep people that disagree with them. Yeah. Silent. Shut up. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do not. And that could really be its own point, right? They silent. Yeah. They silence dissent. Mm-hmm. They don't want anybody squawking. Mm-hmm. No, that's. I think that's really because these things are. Listen, if you're in leadership, you're going to get criticism. And the, the, the best thing that you can do is to hear it, to take it in, and to prayerfully respond to it, not to react to it. No. And it, once you get defensive, it means you're not listening. Yeah. Um, and they people know if you're not listening. If or you're maybe def- that you actually are wrong and you kind of know to a certain level. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We try to try to hide it. Yeah. You, you sometimes, sometimes, not always, sometimes you start yelling and you get upset because you're wrong and you're trying to compensate for it. Other times... It, it can be a justified reaction. Like you're, hmm. you know, you might be angry because of some, you know, crazy thing that's being said about you. But in this case, you know, being defensive of criticism and dismissive, I like you said that dismissive of input. Mm. Why is it important to listen to people's input, members of the church, your brothers and sisters? Yeah, because the same spirit of God that is mm. with you, within you, is within them. They might have good ideas. Yeah. You know, they might have bad ideas. Yeah. But, uh, and you got to listen to both of them. Right. You got to, you got to, you got to tactfully kind of work through that and, and, and take what's good and re I mean, I, I don't want to say reject what's bad, but yeah, 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 yeah you, you reject what's you bad. Reject what's bad. Yeah. I know, but you got to do it in such a, a loving and care. You can't be like eh, denied. It depends. 
I think it depends. It, I think never, there are, there's never, a short list. There's no, listen, a short listen, list. We've gotten some bad ideas. Okay. But I, I can't remember Not, one time we've been like, eh, denied. Okay, no, but but now, if, you'll it, say that to me. Okay, yeah, but if if somebody if somebody was like, hey man, how about um, instead of of doing the Lord's Supper every week um, with with wine and juice and crackers, uh, you know, matzah is what we use. Why don't instead we use chocolate chip cookies? But they're crumbly kind, not so they're not soft, not the chewy kind. And uh, instead of wine, we use chocolate milk. That would be an ant. Eh. That's a bad idea. Fool. <laughs> you're like, eh. Sorry, we can't do that. You're not gonna say I'm gonna go prayerfully consider this. No, no. Now, if it was a kid, that would be. I'd be like, hey, you know no. what? I can understand. I, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, along with that, though, I mean, I think these sort of arrogant, uh, uh, abusive pastors mm-hmm. or those in leadership, they have a hard time because of the def- their defensiveness ever apologizing or right. admitting their fault. Right. I mean, I've been under that kind of leadership. You've oh. been under that kind of leadership. Oh, they yes. will not. They like you and I have both sat under pastors who have never apologized for anything, right? Oh gosh, I had to call one out, and the, finally the guy's like, "You, you think I'm, uh, you think I'm lying to myself? I'm like, no, I think you're full of, <laughs> full of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 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 baloney." Okay, there it is. Yeah, I said, "No, I think you're full of baloney." Still no apology. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, it is a it is a shocking thing, right? Like now, some people are wired to be very like quickly apologetic, and other people are not wired quite that way. That's not what we're talking about, right? There are people that are always like, "Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry," and it doesn't mean anything. But if if you if you're a leader and you never apologize, if you don't apologize publicly when you mm-hmm. need to, privately when you need to, there's a real problem. And so it's not necessarily that you're going to know if a pastor never apologizes, especially if you don't spend a lot of time with him. But uh, you're right. The arrogant person never admits fault. That's, that's actually true. Number four, um, fourth mark of an abusive pastor is they will manipulate their members. Uh, they are bullies yeah. oftentimes, right? Uh, they use guilt and fear tactics to control, to manipulate um, the, the people. Uh, and, and a lot of these churches, a lot of these leaders, will they will demand a kind of servitude of its members, of its staff, of its leadership. Mm. So that, and again, we're all supposed to be servants, but, but this aspect of servitude, they become enslaved to the leadership so that they must, you know, I mean, good goodness, man. Like, I've, I've talked to pastors and staff members who have functioned under this kind of authority. One, I, okay, so one guy told me that um, we have to carry this coin in our pocket. And this guy, our pastor, lead guy, makes us carry this special coin. Like that's the church coin. I don't know what it is. Maybe I don't. I have no idea. Maybe it's a token from Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know what it is. Some kind of coin, uh-huh. and, and we have to carry it in our pocket at all times. And it's like a, it signifies that we're on the team, that we're aligned, or whatever. And if, if you don't have, he'll ask for it. You got the coin, and if you don't have the coin, you're in trouble. Does the coin have like a photo of or like? It's got to be embossed with something, right? It's got to have his face. I don't know. I Please doubt it. Please tell me. No, well, it's not Paige Debbie. Patterson. If it was Paige Patterson, <laughs> it would definitely have his face on. No, but it'd I mean, be like, amazing. How, okay, I know that's a silly thing, and it may not sound like a big deal to you, but that is symptomatic no, of the kind of a thing that we're talking about. This manipulation of members, right? Where they're they're controlling, yeah. they're they're forcing, they're and you, they're spiritually manipulative. Right. I yeah. was told by by one pastor that uh, the he brought me into his office, and he goes, "Hey." Really been praying. The Lord has a word. Uh oh. Is it in the Bible? Uh, no, what? Oh. You're going to. The Lord has told me that you are to run our youth ministry. Oh, yeah. Full time mm-hmm. for free. Of course. I go, wow. Lord doesn't need that money. I go, oh. <laughs> I said, wow, that's amazing. The Lord has spoke to me too. <laughs> you say we'd be talking about 80000 a year. <laughs> 
So which Lord are we going like, to listen to here? Lord are we, what, which spirit here has been speaking? I was like, I couldn't believe that. You know, you know and, and it really, like, so the, there's, a, there's the flip side to that, right? So mm-hmm. they will abuse people spiritually like that, right? Try to corner them and compel them into servitude. But then there's the other end of the spectrum for uh, abusive pastors where they will refuse to empower and release people to do the things that need to get done in the church. They oh, will yeah. micromanage and, you know, keep a, a, a thumb on people so that uh, they, they just, they're, they're, they're restricted from using their gifts yeah. in ways that are going to be helpful to the body. Which kind of goes into number five, right? Mm-hmm. It's that Messiah complex, right? Uh, where, yeah. where only they can do everything right. That only like they are the savior of the church. If they're not right. doing it and it's not done in their way yep. and then their process and it's not ran through them, it ain't going to get done right. And it's not going to be done to a way that glorifies God. Right. And that whole Messiah complex like works itself out in weird ways. Right. I mean, mm. it, and it, it can be and it can be like a large church where maybe he's not doing everything. But yes, everything still must be done his way. But the Messiah complex, I see it manifested sometimes where they are. Well, you remember the old saying, not the old saying, but old now they are the brand. Oh, they yeah, yeah. are the man. Mm. That person, like, uh, you know, Furtick was famous at Elevation Church for having a coloring book uh, for the kids that had drawings of him in it and like mm. saying, we follow the pastor's vision and all this stuff. Like a little, you know, and I'm not saying that he has a Messiah oh, yeah, complex. Just, well, and I'm maybe just saying that, that's yeah, an that was, example, it, yeah. he, but he might. I don't but, know. Well, here's the thing, though. It, um, when, I, when I think of like that instance, right? When I think of that, that uh, story. Right. I, I have a hard time believing that Furtick at an elders meeting was like, you know what? We need y'all. We need coloring books with me. I'm uh, best case. I'm going to be the, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt that someone at some level implemented it without like he, he's no way. No way. It was, it was not, maybe it wasn't his idea. He had to okay it. Maybe uh, the leadership probably okayed it. But what I am going to say though, is this, even though he may have uh, been, what I'm trying to get at is this. He developed a culture yes. where he's the Messiah. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not he brought up the idea yeah. isn't the issue. But the, the fact that the issue came up is because you've developed a culture where they worship you. So here's a little takeaway for everybody. Mm. If you're in leadership and some of your people want to create a coloring book or create a stained glass window featuring you, maybe pass. Maybe pass on maybe. that. Maybe. That being maybe said, uh, Joe, yeah. it is October. And I know now oh, why geez. you want to talk about Ooh, this, Joe. The worst. You moment. want to talk about this, this issue of abusive pastors so that we could look at how great of a pastor you are and appreciate you better, bro. I ain't got no coloring book. <laughs> it is Pastor Appreciation yeah, Month, y'all. Yeah. Make sure mm-hmm. you give a gift card. You, you know, take care well, you're of You're a pastor, so you're asking for yourself. Uh, mm, I'm thinking, how's that feel? Yeah. That felt really weird. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that Dummy. Be- no, no, no. That being said, I do take Amazon gift cards. <laughs> we have, we have, we have wish lists. On I have wish lists. Uh, uh-huh. uh, at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's the- <laughs> You can't bleep that I'll out. Bleep You're not bleeping that I'll out. Bleep it no, out. you'll forget. Nope, I'm not yeah, writing no, it out. It didn't happen. Yep. I'm, I'm, yeah, everybody listening right now, they're looking up your, your just search his name, Jimmy Fowler. I bet you'll find it anyways. <laughs> anyways. Yeah, man. So I listen. Uh, oh, I just. But, do you, but yeah. Let me, let me just let's okay. take it aside real quick. All right. All right. We don't need to do anything at, at Redeemer. If you're if you're listening, we got we got a, a, a smaller percentage of people at Redeemer that listen, but you know a number of people. Uh, we don't need to do anything for Pastoral Appreciation Month. We don't need to do anything. We don't want anything because we know that you, the congregation, loves your pastors. We know that. It's great. It's clear. Now, 
for a lot of you other churches out there, you need to do something for your pastors. Oh, yeah. Because you ain't showing the love. No, you're not. You're not. And, uh, man, I know I know guys. They need that second or third jet, y'all. <laughs> well, listen, if, what if your wife goes away and she uses the jet? What are you going to do now if you want to go somewhere? You can't get anywhere. Yeah, because if you go on a plane, a commercial plane, Joe. Yeah. Th- no. There's a lot of. There's a lot of demons in there and, and other recycled people. recycled burps and, and they're gonna just, grossness. You know, no, no. If you're going to go minister well, you need to have your own private jet. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'd settle for, I'd settle for a, a, a company Bugatti. Now, that'd be oh, is that what I, don't, I don't need a jet. So, All right. But, so we got you. You were talking about the the Messiah the complex. Messiah complex. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the martyr complex. Go ahead, Joe. Because a lot of a lot of pastors. You know, when they when they are abusive, they'll get pushback. Like maybe it'll be public, if, especially if they have a platform, right? Th- things might come out about them, and then all of a sudden they they move from the Messiah complex to the martyr complex. Oh, mm. I'm the persecuted one. Oh, They're only out to on? get me because I'm telling the truth. I'm keeping it real. I'm trying to be faithful. And they said that there would be persecution, and that's what this is. And so, like, everybody's out to get them. They love to make it look like they will even play up th- this whole idea. Like they're just out to get me because I'm God's man. Mm-hmm. And you, you see what they did to Jesus. Jesus said they would do the same thing to me, mm-hmm. so they're doing the same thing to me, and it's just like, you know, you're you're not taking responsibility for the pushback that you're getting because oftentimes the reason that Christians are hated or the reason that things are said about leaders is not because they're being persecuted; it's because they're jerk faces. That's right. That's so right. So you see the Messiah complex, you see the martyr complex as well. Yeah, and you also see a harsh discipline of members. Number seven. Number seven. Oh, this one. This is makes the me most, mad. This is the most irritating of them all. I could deal. I could deal with a lot of things. This part really messes someone up. Because you're in, in in harsh church discipline, they are hurting the people who need their help the most. Correct. Yeah, the people that you're supposed to be shepherding, right. you are severing. That's right. Now, Jimmy, are you saying that we just should just like not do church discipline? No, like, I'm just, not, don't, just don't do that. That's not what I'm saying. It sounds like that. It sounds like you're saying. Like, no, I'm not. I'm like, not saying that. Just like let everybody do their thing. No, no, no. I am saying that church discipline has its place, and I think it's it's a uh, I think it's biblical. I think it's it's part of uh, our call as elders and right. as pastors. Right. Uh, is to exercise church discipline, but in a God honoring and shepherding and loving way. Yeah, we talk about practicing discipline with grace. Yeah. Right? Yep. With 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 mercy. And so you know church discipline is is harsh and unbiblical when there is more shaming than serving, right? It's like, mm. and you see this, there's just this, a lot of finger wagging and talking down to and crushing people who may already be crushed, who may already be broken. Sometimes you got to say hard things to people. Sometimes you have to be a bit harder, but the emphasis should be on serving, coming alongside people that need your help. That's right. right. That, um, trying to take a picture what are you doing over there oh yeah yeah. yeah get out of here with that <laughs> so um and and then like oftentimes there is you know when church discipline does have to go all the way to excommunication yeah or the removal from membership they practice this idea of shunning yeah right and, and they're not i mean so listen excommunication has a biblical place this is for the person who consistently uh, refuses to repent. They are not responding. Correct. It takes a period of time. It, and it, it, it's not the first thing. It's, it's not. It doesn't happen within the. It's f- the very last oh, thing. And even a, then, after years. And even then, you are, um, you are doing this with the hope that in this final state, God will reach mm-hmm. reach them. But there's a difference between what Paul says, right? Handing someone over to Satan. There's a difference between removing them. 
and then shunning them and telling your people don't ever talk to them, don't have anything to do with them, cut them off. That's you just know, so, it, that's I'm not so saying it's up. easy. I'm not saying it doesn't get complicated, but harsh discipline frequently frequently does that. What, what what comes to your mind, Jimmy, when you start thinking about harsh discipline? When 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 bully pastors get it wrong, what's true? Well, I think there's uh, one thing that sticks to in, that sticks out to me is that there's there's a lack of understanding of the situation, mm-hmm. right? They don't yeah. quite grasp everything. And so uh, I think in their ignorance, and I'm trying to use that in the best possible uh, sense, in their ignorance, right? Uh, instead of uh, working through it and trying to seek understanding and trying to seek this process out diligently, yeah. they just remove. And I think part of that is, is they're impatient in the process because they expect yep. that people are going to change overnight. People don't change overnight. No. No, <laughs> so it's like it one time. part of you might change overnight, right? Yeah. Like uh, your mind might change, but those habits, uh, you know, a lot of that takes time for, for sanctification to really exactly. bear fruit. So like someone will say, you know, they'll repent, right? Then they'll, they'll legitimately repent and then they mess up and it's like, oh, see, they didn't really repent. Yeah, no, it's like their repentance was real. It just was imperfect. That's right. right? It, it, it can be real, but short lived. Okay. Exactly. So now what do you do? You, you toss them out or you go, all right, let's get back up again. That's right. Let's keep going. So that's what you said. You said lack of understanding of the situation. I, I think what that, I think what that relates to is a, is a lack of, of sympathy, a lack of mm. empathy, a lack of compassion, right? So, and again, some crimes are horrendous and they merit a different kind Correct. of of response. Uh, it maybe in terms of, of approach, you know, somebody who has, for example, has abused children yes. or uh, abused a woman or something yes, like that. Yes. So we're going to deal with that in a, in a different, in a different way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there, there will be some differences. And so you might say like, well, how am I supposed to show understanding or how can I sympathize with them? Well, maybe you can't sympathize with them in the specific sin that they committed, but you can sympathize with them in the fact that the sin in their life is strangling them to death. Correct. And they don't have any way that they can see to get out from under it. So you can sympathize with them on that level. Um, and that then will help you to begin to walk them down a path. I'll tell you this. There was a guy who was in our church years ago who um, had sexually molested like two little kids. And these were little kids. This didn't happen at the church or anything like that. But, you know, it was all like related to some church folks. And as, as a guy who was sexually abused as, as a young kid, like what, what, I would like to, what I would like to do when I hear about somebody that would rape a person or molest somebody is I'd like them to be put to death quickly and publicly. Oh, yeah. That, that's what I would like. And I wouldn't mind being the person that plays a role in that. Like, that's how my flesh talks, right? I just, like, let's just Oh, yeah, I'd like this. to, yeah, yeah. You know I'm not a violent guy, but I, yeah. I want to I straight But I'll up. give you a bat with nails driven through it, and uh, Jimmy's going to be uh, no, a No, no, I, I want my hands. That, okay. That, that's, well, you start that's, with the bat at the, 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 the toes, feet, I ankles. In my flesh, I'm, like, just, I'm just being honest. That's what I want. But then you save the end and choke them out. Yeah. So that's how we feel. Right. But then I had to go and talk to this guy uh, behind the the thick glass in prison Mm -hmm. and homeboy's still there. And so um, but what I found God doing was giving me a sense of compassion more. I'm just going to tell you more towards the kids, of course, of course, but a sense of compassion in dealing with this person whose sin has overtaken him. He's totally responsible for what he did. And we talked about that, his need to repent and all of that. But I I was able to have enough compassion so that I didn't just, you know, put him on blast the whole time. You know, he was confronted, he was rebuked, but then he was exhorted to repent and find mercy as well. Um, So, yeah, I I think that's, that's an important aspect of, 
of healthy leadership is when you have to discipline your members that you're not doing so in a harsh way, but you're doing so in as much of a gracious way as possible. Uh, number eight, painful exit oh. process of members. Mm. So, what do you mean by that, Joe? Well, yeah, all of the lists have this on there. And so like I was under a pastor for a while. And if somebody, if a family was like, and this happened, family was like, you know what? We're just not feeling it. Um, and they didn't want to get into the details uh, because they didn't want to say that we don't think you're a good pastor. Yeah, of course. Um, right. Which I think they should be able to say, uh, but they knew how that would go. And so they said, you know what? We just want to go somewhere else. And he, he was throwing a fit. Because like you can't leave. If you don't have a biblical reason to leave, by his definition, you can't leave the church. You've signed a covenant to stay with us. And so you're breaking the covenant. And, you know, he really put the screws to them on this mm. so that they were like they were it was a miserable exit for them. And so whether it's that or making people sit down and hash it all out in great detail and fill out these forms, this is the this is what abusive pastors do. They want to make it so painful that you're just you're just gonna stay. Mm. And you'll stay because, well, I'm gonna stay because of well, at least I know some people here. Or you're I can maybe stay. I can. You're gonna leave and just not. No, a lot of people stay. Why? A lot of people stay. What? The, the, right. dude, talk to the people that are in churches with abusive leadership okay, around no, here. You're right. You're right. And they'll I, say, I no, I'm, I'm just thinking in my staying. head, I wouldn't do it. No, yeah, I wouldn't I, either. I'd be like, bye, Felicia. Right. Yeah, I'd be, <laughs> not that Felicia would be a pastor at a church that I would attend. <laughs> I'm just saying that. You <laughs> bye, know. Felipe. Yeah, there you go. I like that one. That's good. Um, so number, oh, go number nine, go number ahead. nine, uh, a lot of abusive uh, pastors, they just hate on other churches. No one else is doing oh, yeah. it right. Oh, yeah. No one else has a spirit of God. Mm -mm. No one else is preaching the gospel. They can always point out what all of the other churches are doing wrong, mm -hmm. but they will never point out what those churches are doing right. Exactly. Even though they, there's gonna be, they're going to be doing some things right. Yeah. No. It, 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 so, yeah, an abusive pastor can't see the good in others. They can only see the bad. And that, I think that extends uh, to other churches because oh, I think totally. part of it is because they see it as competition. Yeah, that's their competition there. Well, hold on. If they're if and that's just it. You kind of talk about that before about uh, jealousy sometimes among pastors when they see the success of somebody else. Mm -hmm. It becomes to think to themselves, well, oh, I know I'm better. There's, there's right. an, an entitlement. There's envy. There's pride. Uh, there's arrogance and all that. And so they just begin to hate on them and, and say, well, we can't have any sort of uh, amicable relationship. Right. Uh, when we're all in the same community, yeah. seeking the same thing, the glory of God uh, and and the salvation of others. You know, it's like you you should be able to celebrate what God is doing in other churches, you know, and maybe there aren't a ton of churches in your area where you're like you're super excited yeah, because yeah, yeah. They're, they deny the gospel or whatever. But there's got to be some other churches in the area that you can go, hey, you know what? Praise God. That even though we disagree on theology, like, okay, so Christ Community Church yeah, up the yeah, road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mega church style yep. church. It's, it's where like I a, came to the Lord. Yeah. Right, Willow Creeky's thing. It's like a Willow yeah, yeah. Creek style. Yeah. Now, so in terms of ecclesiology and whatnot, we have some major differences. Yep, absolutely. But those are brothers and sisters in Jesus. That's right. I love them. They proclaim the gospel. And you know what? Ain't no scandals over there. No. There's no whiffs because we all hear about the stuff that's going on with the crazy churches around here. No, I don't ever hear anything dangerous or toxic about that church. Mm -hmm. We just so like I can celebrate what they're doing. It's great. Yeah. And yeah. you know Nicodemus what? Nicodemus got it. Yeah, he knows what's up. And and I'll tell people like, listen, that might be a better church for you because mm -hmm. like we're, over here we're reformed, we're small, we don't do a lot of those things that they might do. You know what? You might not be happy, or you might be happier, but I'm fine with them going. And by the way, if people want to leave the church for for even if they're just like they're just not feeling it anymore. Talk to them about it. Yeah. And if they really want to go, let them go. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes they'll come back because they, they'll realize like, man, we had it pretty yeah. good over there. But bless them as they yeah, go. Yeah, let them go. Like, let them thrive somewhere. Goodness sakes. You think your church is the only church? Mm. Get out of here with that. Mm. All right. Uh, number number 10. 10. Go ahead, Joe. They will require extra biblical behavior. 
right? Meaning they will expect you to conform to standards that are not found in scripture. So whether that's no drinking or no dancing or no smoking or whatever the pop, no, is, no beards, like, you know, like there's just weird things. So be, be very careful when you find leadership that is expressing uh, a, an expectation that you conform to a standard that is not taught by scripture. That should be a big red flag. Now, this goes from full-blown legalism, of course, to just cultural forms of soft legalism that you really want to be weary of because it can lead to other problems. But let's say this. We have 10 marks here. We could come up with others. Mm -hmm. Just because your your leadership at your church is marked by one of these things, it doesn't mean that they're abusive pastors. That's it doesn't right. mean that they're good, toxic. Good job, Joe. Okay. It it, it might be an indication, but it, yeah. it doesn't need to be. So try to address it or certainly pray about it. That's right. You don't need to be gossiping about it. Go and talk to the pastors. Like, hey, listen, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of accountability. Or maybe, you know what? How are you guys held accountable yeah. you know, among yourselves and for the congregation? Ask the questions, right? You know, you can ask if you're – if you feel like your pastor – um, is dismissive of any input and always defensive and doesn't want to ha- hear anything, you can just go and ask him and say, listen, um, I, I, I'll just be honest. I feel like you guys are not really open to input. And if that's the case, okay, maybe you can explain why. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it isn't the case, then maybe you could help me help all of us see that you guys are open to it. just go and talk to your pastors. Yeah. And that'll be a good sign. If they aren't willing to talk to you, that tells you something that, right that, there. That's a, that's a bad sign. So don't don't start ringing bells that your church is abusive if they meet one or two of these things, but look out for these marks because yeah. they are oftentimes an indicator of a church that is toxic because of a leadership that is abusive. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctor and Devotion. You can head on the website, DrVotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com get and them grab bibli- some get, gear. Listen, get them biblical theology books. Oh, yeah. Go, to, show notes, left. go to the show notes. Share on social media about our conference coming up next year on biblical theology with Dr. James Hamilton. Mm. And you might win a beautiful hardcover copy of Gerhard Voss's Biblical Theology. Look at this, Jimmy. It's hardcover, lays flat. That's good. Bam. Bam. People want this. So we only got a couple left. Sign up for that. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts and video content coming back soon. Later. Later.